Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blackhawks on Tap. I am your host, Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese. Tony, usually I would start the show off with the pleasantries. Hi, how you doing? All of that good stuff. But tonight, I'm just going to start out and say Dominic Kubalik for the Calder Trophy, baby. That's pleasantries enough, Johnny. I think uh, I think we're both thinking that right now, and I think uh, most fans of this team are thinking that right now. Um, I'm really impressed with this kid. But uh, where did this come from? I mean, the guy gets the right areas of the net tone. Uh, they had kind of touched on it on the postgame show. It's like, oh, can you think of a goal that was not within the eight-foot radius of the net this year? I can't. I can't. So uh, that's where they're coming from, and he's doing that. And, it, you know, uh, sometimes the puck finds you, and it has been lately. What has he got now, a five-game goal streak? I believe that is. He had two on Saturday night against uh, Anaheim. Uh, two again tonight against uh, the Ottawa Senators, who the Blackhawks defeated uh, by a final score of 3-2 to two in overtime tonight. That is the game that we were talking about since it is January 14th here. But, uh, yeah, I just had to start that out. Uh, coming in hot for the uh, post-game show here because Dominic Kubalik's coming in extremely hot. Yeah, uh, two, two things on this, Johnny. Uh, I believe it was Ben Pope that tweeted this out. Um He's on pace for 30 goals this year. Dominic Kubelik is 30 goals. Just think about that for a second. And then I'm just looking at the at the the stats from tonight. And when's the last t- time you saw a Blackhawks player with nine shots on goal, Johnny? Oh, it honestly was probably Kubelik earlier in the season. To be honest with you, Tony, I swear to God, I think there was one close to that range. Yeah, I mean, the, just right off the bat there. Not, he's just generating scoring chances, and you said it best. He's right in front of the goal. And, Johnny, we've preached about this for two years now that we've been talking Blackhawks together. Mm-hmm. What have we wanted to see? Guys net front in front presence, of the net. Yeah. Yep, net front presence. So, I mean, it's it's right there. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's rewind this back a little bit. Um, yeah. And I'm sure we want to take this one from the top. So I'll turn it right on over to you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I would mentioned, it was a 3-2 victory at Ottawa tonight for the Blackhawks to kick off this three-game Canadian road trip. Um, did not look so hot to start because the Blackhawks fell behind uh, two goals in the first period. Uh, Connor Brown and Chris Tierney both tallying goals uh, in those first 20 minutes there. Uh, looking like it was going to be one of those other cases of playing down to the opponent, Tony. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it, it... I'm not going to say it looked that way because I wasn't watching at the time. I uh, missed most of the first period of this one um, in route home uh, from work, and uh, I was unfortunately tied up on some phone calls for work, so I wasn't able to tune into the radio stuff. But uh, got home, looked at the score, and that's exactly what it seemed like. Uh, I believe the message I got from you was uh, it looked like a shit show out there. Yeah, it really did because, I mean, you just think about the team that Ottawa is, and they're kind of in the, they're in the middle of a rebuild. Not even kind of. They are. Uh, it is what it is. That's just the state of the franchise there. Hell, even Robin Leonard in the uh, postgame show when he was talking about, you know, Ottawa being a team that he formerly played for uh, back when he was there, you know, the arena was rocking. Uh, you know, they had a you know decent crowd there every night. Uh, not the case right now because of the state of the team. You know, the Senators now sit at 16, 22 and eight. Um, definitely a team that Blackhawks should have handled. Definitely a team that they need to handle if they want to get back into the thick of this thing here uh, standings wise. So 
Um, yeah, it, it looked like a shit show early on. And granted, the uh, you know the possession metrics technically in their favor uh, in all of the periods in this game. So uh, I guess that is one, you know, positive takeaway that they were still generating at least shot attempts and all that. But, um, you know, we, we've seen that the other way where the Blackhawks are the ones uh, on the negative side of those uh, possession metrics. And they're the ones scoring, you know, two, three goals to open a period. Um, so anyway, that, that was the case with the uh, Ottawa centers in the first period tonight. Um, like I'd mentioned, Brown and uh, Tierney. Luckily, that was all that would happen uh, on the score sheet for the Ottawa centers tonight in the second period the man that we had just talked about to open the show dominic kubalik uh at the 17 20 mark uh he pots one in uh from kane and taves so uh that was a shot by kane um i believe it you know it was out in front and obviously got the credit for it uh hit off the kubalik shin pad what are we talking about right in that radius of the net that eight feet radius um that's where he always is that's where he was that's what he was rewarded for um good shot by Kaner to find the lane Kubelik right out there uh providing the traffic uh that got the Hawks on the board and then the um second Blackhawks goal the equalizer came at the 341 mark of the third period uh it was Dominic Kubelik again from Taves and Slater Cuckoo this time um that was a really really nice push pass by Taves from the neutral zone up to feed Dominic Kubelik entering the zone streaked through uh, and was able to bury that chance. Uh, there were a couple times earlier in the season where he was not able to bury a similar chance. Tony, it is good to see him finally find that scoring touch. Even, you know, it's not one of his usual redirect or uh, rebound goals, um, but you like to see, you know, the hands are there um, and he was able to convert uh, just adds to those numbers. Now the rookie scoring leader, I believe he has 18. Is that on the season now? No, excuse me. Uh, yeah. 18. After tonight's uh, game, yep. 18 and Victor Olsson, who is sidelined for the Buffalo Sabres right now. Um, he was the previous leader, but he is 16. He's still going to be out another close to a month. So, um, you know, uh, that was uh, what, you know, where left us at reg- uh, end of regulation. And then in overtime, uh, Jonathan takes 42 seconds in. Uh, he had looked like a good luck up front. Uh, ends up chasing the puck back down, gets it over by the half wall, uh, drives back to the center of the ice, probably some defensive structure breakdown by Ottawa there, but he walks in, uh, snaps one home from that little uh, slot area, and boom, Blackhawks win 3-2 to two tone. Um, man, uh, I thought this was going to be another game of, you know, we're going to talk about this episode, trade everyone. Um, that, that's what, honestly, I thought was going to be. Yeah, and... I'd like to give a little credit where credit's due. Um, Jeremy Collinson changed some lines up and made some some effective pairings, especially for Dominique Kubelik and uh, and Taves and Kane uh, right there. I think that that was uh, the difference maker in this game, Johnny. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you because uh, I think the kind of burning question with all these guys being out, uh, Andrew Shaw is still out, no timeline on him, uh, Dylan Strom, uh, Brandon Saad did not travel to start this trip. They said there's a possibility they could return, but all signs probably point to that being uh, Toronto Saturday night with them playing back-to-back nights here, Ottawa tonight, obviously, and then uh, Toronto on Wednesday night. So um, you're kind of thin. You're, you're thin up there, and I know uh, the system overall has been uh, ever since this Kane Taves era started was spread the wealth a little bit. But, hell, tonight uh, I'm with you, Tone. Uh, that was the change that made it happen. Uh, Kane Taves, Kubalik, you load up. Um, I, I think Adam Burrish kind of uh, hinted at it in the post-game show on NBC uh, Sports Chicago as well said, you know, this is kind of a game where you're so depleted that 
you just kind of do your job on those lower lines and then let the top guys take care of the rest. Well, and that's exactly what they did. And, you know, it's nice to see your goal scorers show up, Johnny. I mean, that's that's been the key to the Hawks' success ever since we've lost kind of that, that Globetrotter-style team when we had, you know, Marion Hosa and just the likes of everybody else that came through this from 2010 through 2015. Um, you know, we, we've needed to rely on Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, uh, one guy that I still want to see pick it up, though, Alex it. we can mm-hmm. table that one and, and talk about it another time. But, um, you know, it's it's nice to see the scoring. And, and who would have thought that uh, Kubalik was going to be the, the leading goal scorer right now for all rookies? If you told me that at the beginning of the year, I probably would have laughed. But at the same time, Johnny, this is a guy that should have been in the top six for this Blackhawks forward core all year long. Absolutely, hands down, should have been in the top six all year long. Let him work through his struggles up there. He, He's a goal scorer. He knows how to find the back of the net. Why they wasted this time with Nylander up on those top lines just right now is painful to look back at, at least from my perspective, because, God, imagine if, if Kubalik saw a little bit more ice time. You're probably talking about a guy that's got 22, 23 goals right now, um, and those could have helped through – that little stretch right there where the Hawks were down. I mean, this is, this is a kid that's, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of money he gets. Um, (laughs) making me a little bit nervous. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's playing his way into a nice looking contract, uh, going forward here since this is just a one year deal for him here. You're absolutely right, Tony. Uh, one thing I'm not defending anyone, but I will say that there was, if you remember very, very early on in the year, I'm talking like almost like first three home games here, um, there were stretches of that third line, I believe is Kubli, Camp, and uh, Saad, I think is what they were lining up out there on that third line. Uh, granted, you could argue that some of those guys are higher up players just playing down um, as technically, you know, uh, on recent lines, Kane has technically been a third liner if you're looking at the construction of things, um, just like that situation. But uh, th- there was a time when those guys were dominating there. So I, I feel like that was part of the uh, decision as to why um, things weren't shaken up a little bit earlier. Uh, like I said, not defending anyone, but just uh, kind of pointing out uh, how, how things were constructed when this thing was fully healthy. Um, whenever all we had all hands on deck early on in the season, so uh, yeah, nope, uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Oh well, uh, at least it's paying off now, like you said. Kubelik's line here, nine shots, just ridiculous. Uh, he had a hit to add to that tonight, he was plus two. Uh, the two goals, obviously, uh, 17 19, uh, time on ice tonight. Um, and you know, we're scraping by with some of these guys on the lower lines here, Tony. I'm just looking yeah. up and down this box score here. Highmore, 757, uh, Dylan Sakura, 717 here. Um, other than that, everybody else is up through uh, double digits there. Um, but it, uh, you know, it sucks when you're injury riddled, a lot of teams have injuries. It can't be an excuse. Um, you know, you look at a team like the Penguins. I mean, uh, Sidney Crosby for the longest time now, um, I think since like early December. Um, but you know, the, you got to chug through, you, you got to power through somehow. And tonight I agree with you. The line change was a big factor in that. Obviously Dominic, Dominic Kubelik himself, uh, Robin Leonard props, uh, where it, uh, they are due here. Uh, he was 20 to 22 tonight. Uh, but there was a big save uh, in that second period. I believe they were still down two to nothing at that point, and he kind of made that pad, st- pad stack old style hockey save. He loves to uh, go to that. He loves it. 
and I yeah, love watching it. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it looks really cool just from a hey, visual standpoint. To be honest hey, with you, it, uh, is stacking the pads cool and tough, Johnny? Yeah, I definitely, definitely uh, outline Leonard uh, on a shirt with that, Tony. Uh, add to the cool and tough line. I was actually totally just you. thinking about that right there. Yeah, just Robin Leonard stacking the pads is cool and tough. I, I love it. Uh, that's that, that definitely rings true. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tony, I want to talk about a little bit of karma here because, uh, like you had mentioned earlier, you were kind of tied up with some work things and still on your commute home, and then you finally tune in, and then they score uh, towards the latter half of that second period. And um, this has kind of been a theme now, so I think we need to cue the listeners in on it. Um, What is it about you turning these games on midway through or partially through and then the Blackhawks performing afterward? I don't know what... I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I'm pretty sure I showed up late to the buzz cave too on Saturday. The game was already underway. So um, there's just, I I don't know what it is, um, but I've recently taken uh, a new job downtown that uh, the commute just sucks. So I'm normally an hour to two hours, depending on traffic away from, from home. I didn't get out of work till after six today. And, uh, just on the ride home, I had to finish up some stuff. Uh, I was on a phone call. Didn't even get to listen to it on the radio. And this, this happened the other night, too, with uh, with Ron. Um, I, I talked to him about this one. Uh, I'm not sure if we aired it out on the uh, on the show, but um, get home, and it's normally the first intermission. And then by the time I make myself a quick bite to eat and pop the game on, it's normally somewhere maybe four or five minutes into the second period, which is pretty much where we were, Johnny. Um, and I don't know, this might be a new thing. I might have to, I don't know, occupy myself through the first period of, <laughs> you know, the remaining Hawks games. It's not something I want to do. I mean, I love watching my team play, but I don't know. I'm a very superstitious guy. I'm sure you know that. And a lot of the yeah. listeners who've listened to me on, on socks on tap, shy socks weekly, and, and even this show four feathers, um, have kind of figured that out. I'm very superstitious. So I like to, I like to continue these trends. Um, so that's what that's what we're gonna do as much as I can do it. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna say that like I'm voluntarily going to miss some games, but hey, if there's a little extra work to catch up on at the office or some business to take care of for for on tap or something, maybe I'll maybe I'll start to turn this into something. Because hey, if it, if it's working, don't don't break it. You know, don't try and fix yeah. it. what's what's not broken here. So that's that's where I'm at with this, Johnny. I don't know. I mean, I texted you about it too. Like I was like, yeah. Hey, I'm turning the game on. We're, we're going to, we're going to get some goals here. And that's exactly what we did. I'm not saying that I deserve all the credit for this win, but I mean, it's looking pretty good from my perspective. Tony, I go back to the old Bud Light ad, and they don't run it anymore, but I always like the slogan. It's only crazy if it doesn't work, and it showed all these guys doing the superstitious thing with their teams, wearing a certain jersey or shirt or whatever it may be, whatever. So for you, it is turning it on almost through that halfway point of the game there. Um, And if you're with me here, uh, I'm on the naturalstattrick.com game summary for this, the game report. If you look at about halfway, that is when the Corsi just starts sliding extremely in favor of the Blackhawks here. So uh, I think we need to give a uh, at least a secondary assist to Tony here uh, on this one. 
tonight because I told you what almost about 35 for the first 35 minutes. Uh, it looked pretty much garbage. Um, it is, I think they only had one shot through the first, like, you know, uh, 10 50 of the second period. And then they absolutely turned it on uh, and obviously got that one, uh, back towards the latter half of the second period and then added another one early on Kubalik on both of those. And then, uh, Johnny Taves in overtime, uh, doing what he does best. And, uh, I, you know, it's like I said, I'm just going to go back to it. It's only crazy if it doesn't work. Uh, sometimes there's things that you can't explain. Um, this is going to be one of them. So, uh, Hey, uh, hearty effort from the Blackhawks tonight, at least in the second half of this game, uh, not rolling over, dying, uh, not extremely, you know, not playing down to the opponent the whole time. Maybe they did for the first 20, uh, 25, you know, 30, if you want to call it that, uh, sliding into that second period there. But, um, things are able to turn around uh, and you don't want to lose to Ottawa, especially when you have to go and play a uh, high octane offense in uh, Toronto tomorrow night. So uh, Tony, I think it is about to start uh, heading into that next upcoming game. Uh, we have the, excuse me, not Toronto. Uh, they're at Montreal. It's Toronto Saturday night um, at Montreal on Wednesday night. So um, uh, let's head into that one. Unless you got any further thoughts on this uh, win over Ottawa. Uh, no, um, I, I was pretty happy with the effort, at least from what I watched. Um, and I'm pretty sure I just want to add one more thing. I'm pretty sure most of the games that I've been watching from the start where you and I are, are having conversation or we're in the four feathers group chat or anything, those normally turn out bad now that I'm like going back and thinking about it. Um, you know, so I, I don't know what it is. There's me sitting in Ron's seats. Our guy Ron Luce, every time mm-hmm. they, uh, that I've sat in his seats this year, the, the Hawks have come out good. And then every time I pick it up midway through, things have turned out good. So I either need to be in Ron's seats or, or start the game somewhere after the five-minute mark of the second period, and I think we'll be okay. So I'm going to try my best to do that. That's that's my ending thought right there. Let's, let's talk about tomorrow because we're looking at probably the same situation for the Blackhawks. I'm going to be at work pretty late tomorrow night. They're starting at 6.30. So I'm not going to get to catch most of this one, but I'm going to try my damn best to turn it on somewhere after five minutes in So uh, to the second period. So why don't we uh, why don't we start it off with that, and uh, I'll let you run down the game preview. Absolutely. So um, as I had mentioned, this is a three-game Canadian road trip for the Blackhawks. Um, sorry if I mixed up the order of these here, but it is, like I had mentioned, uh, Ottawa was tonight uh, the 14th of January. That was a 3-2 overtime winner. It's Montreal tomorrow, not Toronto. They're at Montreal tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Central Time start, uh, NBC Sports Chicago. And then Saturday will be that Toronto game, uh, 6 o'clock start uh, on NBC Sports Chicago. So uh, we are talking about a game on January 15th, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Montreal has recently uh, snapped an eight-game losing streak. Uh, they have won now their last two over both the uh, Senators and the Flames. But before that, they were on an eight-game skid. Uh, things were looking, you know, how, you know, we can get tough on the Blackhawks here, but hell, Canadian media is really tough on their teams. Uh, no matter if it's Montreal, Toronto, hell, even Ottawa, uh, they, they get a lot of flack too. So, um, with the uh, Montreal Canadiens here, though, um, they've finally gotten themselves back on track 
uh, with those two uh, previous wins, as I had mentioned, uh, recently topping the Flames by a score of 2 to nothing. Uh, Thomas Tatar leads the way for them. 39 points on the season. Uh, that's 16 goals and 23 assists for him. Max Domi, uh, former Arizona Coyote, also gets it done for them as well. 33 points on the season. That's 12 goals and 21 assists for him. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, 32 points, 15 goals, 17 assists. Uh, and then Shea Weber. The big D man, uh, 12 goals, 20 assists, always a facilitator from the back end, whether that just be from the shot or uh, commanding things a little bit on the power play, uh, whatever it may be from him. So um, you're going into a building, uh, a spirited building. Uh, They love their hockey up there. Obviously, they always do in Canada. Um, The Bell Center is a tough place to play. uh, No doubt about that. Uh, they, you know, just recently coming off a win at home against Calgary Flames. That was their most recent contest. They were not in action tonight. So um, they got a 2-0 win last night and uh, a Blackhawks team that just, you know, in some regards kind of, uh, I don't know, shuffled their way through a weak team in Ottawa tonight. They're going to have to pick it up uh, big time from the start, Tone. Well, you know, <laughs> That's going to be every game we're going to talk about from here on out, you know. I, and I don't care that they shuffled their way through this; they got the job done. Figure out a way to get the job done again tomorrow night. Um, back-to-backs for the Hawks have, I'm pretty sure, gone quite well for them this year. Um, I'm assuming you, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to see Corey Crawford in net, especially in uh, in Montreal here. Um, we had Lantern tonight, and. Typically, I guess you would uh, you would see Corey Crawford tomorrow. There's some interesting Corey Crawford comments out there too, Johnny. I don't know if you got a chance mm-hmm. to look at those, and uh, maybe we should talk about that before we close this one out. But um, yeah, you're going to have to get the job done tomorrow night, however, <laughs> by whatever means necessary. And I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to see that top line continue to do what they did tonight. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they roll into the game with. Uh, that first line of uh, Kane, Taze, and Kubalik, but um, I would expect them to kind of revert and make adjustments as the game goes on, as they did tonight. Um, you know, and and it's just you're you said it earlier. You're kind of beaten up right now without Andrew Shaw and Brandon Saad in this lineup. So I would Dylan expect Strom too. I, yeah, and Dylan Strom as well. I, I think you're going to see much of the same that you saw tonight, probably. Seven to eight minutes of Dylan Sakura, seven to eight minutes of Highmore, maybe 10 minutes to 12 minutes of Zach Smith, and everybody else is going to have to skate the same amount of minutes they skated tonight. Um, you're just going to be a little bit more tired. It's, you know, it, it's the second game of back to back. But um, like we kind of talked about just a, a second ago, the Hawks have fared fairly, fairly well in these back to back games. So maybe there's something about it. They're, just energized, focused, ready to go. Um, you, you just have to find a way to get it done. And like you said, the Bell Center's not an easy place to play in. So it, this one's a toss-up, in my opinion. Yeah, I am with you. Uh, I think it's a lot of it's going to depend on the start. Uh, you can't get off to a slow start like you did at Ottawa tonight. Um, it, like I think the final total ended up being 31 to 22 shots on net in favor of the Blackhawks tonight in Ottawa. Um, that's not going to get it done against the Canadians. Uh, they have a lot more firepower up and down the lineup from the back end as well. Like I'd mentioned, Shea Weber, he's never afraid to put one on net for them. Um, <laughs> you're going to have to have a better solid start. 
uh, and I would imagine uh, something that you had alluded to. Uh, I would imagine that they roll uh, Kane Taves Cuba League top line uh, coming into this one because where else are you going to get done from? Sure, spreading the wealth is great when you have other complementary players uh, that are going to be able to play on those wings because hell, you know, Brandon Saad could uh, cover that top line wing too. Uh, I believe if he was healthy, it would be uh, Cuba League Taves sod as you're looking across that top line but that's just not the case right now uh they're not gonna i you know it'd be extremely rare if those guys were to join the team in the middle of this thing uh on the second half of back to back i would say if any of these guys are coming back and even if they are i would probably only project one of the two uh stroman sod uh those guys that are more you know timetabled injuries uh that wouldn't be until saturday night uh, against toronto so um that i would imagine that they have to roll with uh kane taves kubalik and i'd just like to see them explode early um hell what's uh, you know what what they were able to do in the tail end of the second period early part of the third period uh with those guys playing together let's see that in the first period uh that is gonna be my key uh jumping out there and then also you know just locking down yourselves uh, a little bit better defensively uh eric gustafson granted it, it was kind of a rush play coming towards the net um he was kind of skating with this guy but um uh, one of the goals that goes through you see him kind of skating by the net uh it just makes you feel worse <laughs> about his defensive abilities and we all know they're you know not you know nothing to write home about at all but uh you're, you're gonna have to get solid efforts out of them if you want to pull out this game tomorrow night against a canadian team that wants to resurge themselves yeah uh johnny who are you taking and stick to click for tomorrow night uh, in stick to click, I mean, I think the easy one would be to roll with uh, Dominic Kubalik, uh, but I'm going to go with the cat, uh, Alex Dabrinkit. Uh, it's time for him to, uh, you know, get back on that uh, scoring pace that he is uh, more accustomed to. Obviously, we've seen it. We saw it last year when he had 41 goals uh, all of last season. So um, there's no reason to think that he just has such a good release and shot uh, that even if he is in tight space, as long as he's able to get it off, he should be able to find that. And I know it's different not playing with his friend, uh, his best buddy, Dylan Strom, but uh, still, that, that doesn't change how quick he releases his shot. So uh, I'm going to go with Alex to break it, uh, see him snipe one home. I like it, Johnny. Uh, and I'm going to go with Kirby Doc. Um, I want to see this kid get up to 10 goals. Uh, he's currently sitting at six. Um, I think if you want to put him on some sort of pace here, he needs to score fairly soon um, and get the the engine turned over a little bit to find the back of the net. Um, if you're going to speak uh, your uh, stick-to-click into existence here to get uh, Alex Dabrinkit back up to that 41-goal pace, he's going to need to start going right now. I'm going to say Kirby Doc needs to start going right now. I want to see more goals out of this kid. So I'm going to take that same kind of approach here, speak it into existence, and uh, Kirby Doc, stick to click. I like it. I like it a lot. That does it for the Montreal preview. Uh, Tone, let's touch on these Crawford comments uh, real soon. The gist of it was uh, that he would not take a you know deal a uh, place where he was going to be a backup. Uh, he wants to be a number one guy. So uh, fire away on that because this is going to be our quick minute here, and then we got to wrap this thing up. Yeah, quick minute here. Um, I really didn't expect Corey Crawford to even come out and, and say whether or not he was going to play next year. I mean, this is a guy who's been through so much, and, and that's not even just the injuries and the concussions and, the you know, just the, the battle. But, you know, this, this is a, a Stanley Cup champion goalie. Um, in my opinion, Corey Crawford really doesn't have much to prove um, as far as accolades. I mean, this guy... He, he's he's reached the peak, Johnny. Um, he, he's been to the top of the mountain. 
Um, he's seeing his way through a Blackhawks team right now that's that's really struggled. Um, his his health situation, like I mentioned, all the injuries and everything, his health situation. You know, you don't want to see this guy have to go down again. And um, you know, he's a warrior, and, and most of these hockey players are. Johnny, you know, it, it, there's something to be said for the sport that they're playing and, and the toll that it takes on their body. Um, you know, I, I would more or less expect a guy like Corey Crawford to come out and say, we'll talk about this in the off season. So for him to come out and say, I'm signing a contract after this deal expires, but I'm not going to be a backup. Um, that says a lot about Corey Crawford himself. Um, just feeling that he still has something to prove. Um, which shows me that, that, you know, he still has that fire and passion to play. Um, obviously, we're in mid-January right now. Um, a lot of things can change between now and, and, and the summer. But uh, in my opinion, it's kind of interesting when that comes on the heels of Robin Lehner saying that he's not taking a discount. Um, especially with the goalie usage that we've seen this year. The Hawks have kind of relied a lot on Robin Lehner to be that number one guy. I don't know if you disagree with this, but I would look at Corey Crawford kind of in the B role here. He's he, he hasn't really been the go-to, um, so it's it's very interesting. And I think that the Robin Lehner con- uh, comments have to be taken into context here because the Hawks are going to have a tough decision. I have zero faith that you get both of these guys back next year. So it puts the Hawks in a really tough spot. I think Corey Crawford coming out through the media to do this is is a powerful negotiation tactic. Um, you know, you're going to have to look at your goaltender who's won you some cups versus a guy who's pretty much outperformed um, that guy in Corey Crawford right now. I mean, you look at the save percentage right now, 923 to 906 in favor of uh, Robin Lehner. He's played three more three more games, um, and the goal against average 309 for. 3.09 for Crawford, 2.88 for Robin Lehner. Who do you want on this team next year? Um, you know, obviously, if you're putting the Hawks in a, a position to win, you're looking at this right now, and obviously, like I said, things can change. Um, but I just think Robin Lehner right now is the guy that you probably want to go with. So that's going to put Corey Crawford back out there into the market. Um, and, you know, he, he wants to be the starting goaltender. So this is going to be really interesting I think it's it's a very strong negotiation tactic. Um, if you remember back, Johnny, uh, and some of the listeners who, who follow us on, on both of our shows know, um, it's almost reminiscent to me of the, the Jose Abreu comments when he negotiated through the media, talking about how he's going to sign himself uh, back to the White Sox. Um, uh, not exactly in the same direct terms here from, from Corey Crawford, that he's going to sign a contract and he wants to be the starter. But it, it it's definitely reminiscent in the aspect of this guy is looking for you know his payday again too and he wants to play and he wants to play at a high level so i think the hawks are kind of in a tough spot here down the stretch to kind of figure out what they want to do next year at goal yeah yeah i think you hit on almost every point that i was going to bring up uh one thing that i was going to say uh this comes on the heels uh of robin leonard uh talking about not taking discount going forward here uh from no matter where he signs uh you know uh he wants to be number one wants to be paid like a number one wants the term uh wants the aav so um understandable uh from his side of things and then for uh cory crawford here i think uh both him and leonard using the media as their medium uh to kind of you know put out these uh initial feelers initial um statements 
that this is what they are seeking uh, coming up through the offseason. Honestly, I don't blame either one of them. If you had to ask me to pick right now, absolutely Robin Leonard, without a doubt. I think almost every single person would. And that's not to discount anything that Craig Crawford has done for the Blackhawks, not to discount the uh, you know how loved he is in Chicago here. But uh, you got to talk about a team that wants to win going forward. And if you're signing uh, Craig Crawford term, uh, he's already older. No doubt. I mean, it's uh, the writing on the wall. You know, you'd mentioned those uh, save percentage and goals against average stats all in favor of Robin Leonard. Uh, age is on his side as well. Absolutely, Robin Leonard, if you can lock him down. But there'll be another contract uh, issue for the Blackhawks to have to deal with uh, coming up this offseason because, um, you know, they're, they're going to have to navigate their way with Dylan Stromney and New Deal. Uh, Dominic Kubalik, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, he's going to be do some money. So, um, yeah. Uh, interesting to see what happens here. But, yeah, I think you kind of stole all the points there. Uh, just interesting to hear those comments come out of Corey Crawford because I agree with you. I would have thought that would have been something uh, he would be more, you know, kind of table towards later in the season at least, um, whether that be when the Blackhawks are out of it or when uh, it finally comes time that the season is actually over. So um, definitely interesting to hear those comments from Corey Crawford, though. Yeah, and, Johnny, do, do you kind of pin this on – uh, the questions that that uh, Robin Leonard a- answered and and gave his comments to does Corey Crawford have to come out and s- say what he said today if uh, Leonard d- doesn't say anything to the media uh, just a few days ago? I, I kind of think so. I, I really do. Um, it, it's kind of prompting those guys here what's going on. They're obviously all in the same uh, locker room there. Um, they know what's going on. They see it on you know whatever it comes through Twitter from a report through whatever it be, Chicago Sun-Times, Tribune, Athletic, no matter where it may come from, uh, they hear it, they know it, they see it. Um, absolutely. So, yes, if you're asking me, I think that was a piggyback off of it, 100%. Yeah, it's, that's how I felt about it because, uh, you know, I, I really didn't expect our, our goalies to be um, answering or addressing those questions um, kind of in the way they did. Um, in in January, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, and that kind of speaks to where the Hawks are uh, this season. And I know we're riding the heels of a winning streak, <laughs> but you know it's still uh, we're in the basement looking up, and uh, these types yep. of things tend to come up. I don't think that this question gets asked, Johnny, if the Hawks are in a playoff position at this point in time. Yeah, so, I'd uh, agree. You know, I think that that's kind of unfortunate because now you start to pin one against the other and you know we're evaluating Crawford versus Robin Leonard right now and it, it turns it into the rest of the season is like a training camp for both goalies and I don't think that's really where we wanted to be sure it drives some competition may spark the team ahead a little bit but I'd rather be talking about a team that's in the playoffs and you know we've got the best goalie tandem in the league because arguably coming into this season we did like you've got two number ones you know and both guys want that stake at number one drives competition we should be in a lot better position than we are right now um looking back on it, it's just making me mad and disappointed and everything that's <laughs> happened so far this year um i'm just gonna take a sip of my beer and try and cure the mini depression i just put myself into yeah so uh thanks for that morbid end to this uh show that was about a winner initially to start no tony i'm totally with you i agree with uh what you just said i definitely think if they're in a playoff spot those questions aren't even being brought up uh it's probably something that comes up uh later on um whether that be towards the tail end of the season or in you know if they're in a playoff spot when that all finally uh you know accumulates and is finally done so um yeah interesting situation definitely comments to monitor uh we'll retweet them 
Four Feathers. I think uh, our guy Ron Luce is working on a, uh, you know, the reality of Robin Leonard's situation going forward, uh, looking at a realistic contract, all that good stuff. So stay tuned to ontapsportsnet.com for all of that good stuff. Um, also, you know, all of your Chicago sports needs, White Sox fan, Cubs fan, uh, Bears fan, whatever, we've got you all covered. ontapsportsnet.com. We have various podcasts there. Go click on the tabs, and then you'll see it on the sidebar uh, what the specific podcast for that is. Tony, it is time to close this one out. Blackhawks uh, top the Ottawa Senators 3-2 to two, uh, in Ottawa tonight. That's January 14th. Right back at it tomorrow night in the Bell Center against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, January 15th, 6.30 p.m. Central Time start. Let's close it out how we always do. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go, Hawks.